Welcome to Back on the Broomstick, a modern witch's spoken word grimoire, where two witchy friends from way back are reconnecting to their pagan roots after a long period of mundanity. We're rewalking the path of the wise and trying out all the latest spells, rituals, and magical theory in today's witchcraft and pagan practices. So grab your wand and your incense, your cauldron and your crystals, and join us as we get Back back on the Broomstick. Hi, and welcome to a Wheel of the Year episode of Back on the Broomstick. In this episode, we'll be talking about the upcoming cross-quarter holiday that is celebrated around February 1st called Imbolc, sometimes also called Olmec and Candlemas. And it's one of my favorite holidays for a whole bunch of reasons, not the least of which the sun is coming back and the days are actually starting to be a little bit noticeably brighter and longer, which I love. And some of the very, very first hints of spring are starting. Don't lie to us all. You have another reason why you love it. Yeah, I kind of do. February 1st is also my birthday. And happy to celebrate that and talk about the folklore today. I'm Layla. And I am Shell. And I also need to point something out here, Layla. What's that? Not only is it in bulk your birthday, Mm -hmm. but there's something else equally is special and exciting about right now in this time of year. And lest you forget, there is a one-year anniversary for a certain podcast with me and my best pal. Oh, maybe back back on on the the broomstick. broomstick. So we are in the midst of what I'd like to call a two-week celebration of our one-year anniversary because a day, hello, even my daughter spends the whole month celebrating her birthday. It's a birthday month. So for us to celebrate two weeks, I think is, wow, look at us, we made it. Shell, I have to say, not only did I not forget, I am so excited about our one-year anniversary that I have some special people working on a special present for both of us to mark the anniversary, and we should be getting it before the first, and I almost can't stand it. I almost want to tell you all about it, but I'm not going to. All right, people, this is where Layla annoys the shit out of me because she does it with me all the time. She will like tease me with like info like that and be like, oh, I got a surprise for you, but I'm not telling you. And I am one of those people. You can't do that to me. It's like, killing me. I want to tell you so bad. Every waking moment, every time I think of Layla, I'm going to be like, she has a secret that she's not telling me. What the fuck could it be? And I'm going to theorize. <laughs> and then before you know it, I have this whole like elaborate thing in my head. Oh, it's going to be that good. And and, and you just giggle at me while yeah. I'm tortured. And why do you do this? Because I'm tortured right now. I can barely contain myself. So shout out to the people who are doing this. You know who you are. I love you. I can't wait. Thank you for the pictures. This is so fucking cool. I don't know who you are, people, but if you're making (laughs) Layla happy, then it's got to be exciting. Right? Damn you. (laughs) So other than the super special surprise that I am having created to send to Shell and myself, it is also my birthday. But more importantly, we're here to talk about the Festival of Imbolc, one of the what I call the cross quarter day. And what that means is it's between almost directly between celestial events, the winter solstice and the spring equinox. So this is like a halfway point across quarter. There are people who kind of break the eight Sabbaths into like two groups, the greater and the lesser. And this would be considered one of the greater with Beltane, Samhain and Lamas. And I have a I have a visual for this particular Sabbath. I think you'll find it quite interesting. When I think of Imbolc, 
visually, I think of the ground and inside the ground, a big old pregnant belly. Yeah, that's a great way to look at it. I mean, the name itself, Imbolc, means in the belly. And the name came about because this was a time of year. Okay, maybe we should back up. It's an Irish holiday for the most part. It's a Celtic holiday. And this is the one of the ones that we know for a fact was celebrated from some very old writings talking about it. But it was also a fertility holiday. It was a, an agricultural holiday. This was the time of year when the sheep started to have their babies. They started to have their lambs. This is lambing season. So the first stirrings of life were now. So this was a time to celebrate that. Also, and I think where the Candlemas piece comes in, this is when they could kind of scale back their candle use. They were also able to, at that point, start feeding their animals and their herds before it got dark. So it was kind of very much the light coming back. You know, they say, you know, on the solstice, after that, the days get longer. Sure as shit, they don't feel that way right now. Okay, <laughs> They do not feel that way right now. I know in my mind they are, but... Right. When I'm living my life, they don't feel like they're getting longer at the moment. Once you get to that beginning of February, you know, first week or two of February, at least here in, in the Northeast, it ain't getting dark at 4.15 anymore. Now you got into like five o'clock and, you know, then 5.15, you really do notice that the days are getting longer finally. You Not do. a lot, but longer than they were a month and a half ago. And in some parts of the country of, of America, we're talking about here. So obviously in the Southern Hemisphere, it's Lamas right now, right? It's Lunasa. It is. We're just talking about the Northern Hemisphere, particularly in the United States. There's places around the country where the first glimmers of spring are happening. Some people have crocuses, you know, you have snowdrops, you might start to see different birds. And when I lived in California, I loved February because everything was starting to get green and lush again. It was a beautiful way to, to celebrate because you could literally see the beginnings of spring. And some people don't celebrate directly on February 1st or 2nd. Uh, some people actually wait until they see the first, the very beginnings of the first sign of spring in their area to celebrate in bulk. I don't know. I feel like this winter, the first signs of spring never went away, but you know, yeah. weird. So I think it is important also to mention that there is a, a particular goddess um, associated with this particular holiday and how she actually got turned into an Irish saint. This goddess is the daughter of the king of the Tuatha which means that she is one of the fae folk. She's one of the she. And her name is Breed or Bridget. We talked about this a little bit before we started recording because when I first learned of this goddess, it was all through reading. So I pronounced it Bridget. Because we're phonetic. Because we're phonetic. Sure, that was the name I knew. And then when I met people who, other people who were witches and who practiced, and I met people who were in particular Irish traditions, Celtic traditions, and it was beaten into me that you pronounced it Breed. You didn't pronounce it Bridget, it was pronounced Breed. So you'll hear it both ways, Breed or Bridget. I've got some validation for you for this. If you actually Google the goddess Bridget in, uh, pull up the Wikipedia, in the Wikipedia, and, you know, take it for what it is, it's Wikipedia, it specifically says that they refer to her as Breed and they spell it B-R-E-D-E. -E. 
So for whatever the value of Wikipedia is, they validate <laughs> your pronunciation. So because of my training, you'll hear me refer to her mostly as Breed, and you'll probably hear Shell refer to her as Bridget, and both are correct. And this goddess, she is the goddess of the hearth, of smithcraft. She's the goddess of artisans. She's the goddess of fire. She's the goddess of wells. Protection of the home. A lot of the wells and waterways in Ireland are dedicated to breed. And there's some of the traditions around Imbolc will involve tying little strips of cloth to trees near these sacred wells and sacred rivers. I love tying shit to trees. <laughs> it feels so fairy, magical, otherworldly. I don't it know. It really does. And I wonder if it's because it comes from this tradition. It's a really cool thing to do. If you're looking for a way to celebrate in bulk leading up to the day or on the day, you can take strips of cloth or you can also take, I like to take, um, you can take paper bags or I really love the paper that is inside boxes that you get delivered, like packing paper. Uh -huh. You can take long strips of that, like really long strips of it. That's going to biodegrade. The birds are going to use it for nests. But you can write out on that your intent for the year, your wishes for the year, you know, something to honor breed or something to honor the spring. And then you can go and tie that on a tree and offer that to breed. And that way it's something that's not going to harm anybody and you can just leave it outside. Or alternatively, one tradition is to leave clothing or cloth outside to be blessed by breed. And then you can use that to make something for the home or for yourself or your family that has the protection of breed in it. Now, I'm a weirdo, so I have to kind of make a left turn here. And as with all the other four major Sabbaths or the other three major Sabbaths, this is also a time where people seek divination, okay? And hey, I'm all for it. Cards, tea leaves, Ouija board, let's do this. But <laughs> what I wanted to point out is this is also part of that divination was kind of forecasting the weather. You know, they're, they're waiting for winter to wrap it up, spring to come. I have to bring up Groundhog Day. I cannot, I can't, I can't help it. I'm going to debunk it. Punxsutawney Phil, man, he's magical. He is. He has nothing to do with breed or in bulk. If anything, no. it comes from an old German tradition. Right. But, but I think I think the 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 tie-in of weather divination this time of year, although Punxsutawney Phil and Groundhog Day is from a different culture, it kind of falls in line with the spirit of part of this holiday, I feel. I agree. I, I'm going to call it accidentally pagan and I, I'll claim it. I'll allow it, <laughs> you know, because it doesn't directly come from breed or from Ireland. It has more German tradition roots, but it is part of that whole weather divination thing. So I'll allow it. Present day, it is what keeps that first day or two of February in people's minds. I think so too. I, like I said, accidentally pagan or not, I think it's pretty cool. The tie-in is kind of neat. It's one of those things where they kind of tried to ride the coattails of pagan things that were already there, which happened with Breed as well. Here's Breed, this goddess, this daughter of the fairy king, and Christians came in and made up their own story about a nun who had healing powers. And again, same type of things that Breed does, but now they're calling her Saint Bridget. And she's just like the goddess, but she's not a goddess. She's a saint. So you're Christian for worshiping her. Whatever keeps the spirit <laughs> alive, because you know what? Present day, people to this day still worship St. Bridget. Yes. You know, 
and that keeps the goddess alive. Praise the goddess. And that's where the other name of Candlemas comes from. I believe that was a, a Catholic invention, again, to try and co-opt the day. And that's more celebrated typically on February 2nd. So you'll see different dates for Imbolc. Most of the time I've seen it as February 1st. And maybe I was being a little selfish because it's my birthday. But I will also see it as dawn on February 1st to dawn on February 2nd. And I think that that is important because I've actually seen it listed online as January 31st until February 2nd or any day in between. And I think that does a play on the, you know, midnight to midnight or whatever. Right. You know how I am. Whatever works for you. If I'm busy on the first, that should happen on the second. Or if I'm busy on the first and the second, it might happen on the third. I've also seen it as the second full moon after the winter solstice, which I believe is the 25th of January. And the ancient Irish people did not have a calendar. So they would not have said, hey, February 1st is when we're going to celebrate the goddess breed. They were going on, yeah, they were going on the stars and the planets. And- or the, when the first lamb was born, maybe. Something like that was when. So if you miss the February 1st date, first of all, you should all smoke a joint in my honor, please. Right. <laughs> Raise a joint to Layla on that day, but also to breed. But you could celebrate at any time. If you miss the first, like Shell said, from the you could do it on the 25th of January if you need to do it earlier. Or you can wait until you see that first crocus or robin or sign of spring in your area. And I just want to say to all of our listeners from the great state of Pennsylvania, I wholeheartedly believe in Punxsutawney Phil. I will be watching to see if that little bastard shows his shadow or not. (laughs) I believe in the magic. I believe. I do love the movie Groundhog Day. Oh my God, right? It's so fun. (laughs) But the other thing that got co-opted is is another craft that people do around this time of year. You can make corn dollies or little dollies to represent Breed because, again, she's the goddess of crafting and of the hearth. So having a dolly of her to protect your house. Which I find hysterical. Little fun fact. In elementary school, we used to make corn dollies at this time of year. And, you know, those fools didn't even know what they were doing, (laughs) like instilling these pagan thoughts in our children. Um, But yeah, I remember making corn dollies in Mm -hmm. school. The other thing that you might make in school is one of Breed's crosses. These are really cool. And they may have originally been woven for protection, like an evil eye type protection. They could also have been representations of the sun. You know, what's weird about some of the straw figurines, whether it be the the dollies or the cross, breeds cross, at least my family. And as you know, kind of weirdos. I remember these being Christmas ornaments. My mother had a tree dedicated like a little tree you know, me and my my tree obsession. Mm-hmm. My mother had a tree dedicated to straw made ornaments. And that was actually the first time I ever seen, as I call it, Bridget's cross. I know you call it Breed's cross. It was a ornament on my mother's straw Christmas tree. And thinking back, is this something that maybe went from the solstice to in bulk or Was it specific to this short period of time? I think it became a very popular Christian symbol. St. Bridget is a popular saint. She is the saint of the home and of protection. You'll very often see them, particularly in Irish Christian homes. You'll see a breed's cross just displayed as decoration. It did represent the sun, the wheel of life, you know, protection type of symbol. Now, were we just weirdos having it on a Christmas tree or was there some connection between? I don't know. Not, not that my family ever connected the solstice, but would there have been a connection with the solstice 
to embark in the period in between. Well, I'm going to have to ask our listeners that because I haven't ever heard of anyone else using it as a Christmas decoration, but maybe our, our listeners have. Maybe that's something specific to the Appalachian region. Or maybe my family's just weirdos. <laughs> maybe. She had a whole yeah. tree. Hold on. I, I, I think we need to go back to the, she had a whole tree of straw ornaments. Did I hear that right? Now, you remember when I've had 11 fully decorated Christmas trees oh, yeah. in my house. Don't don't think I just got that out of nowhere. That's like genetic, ma'am. I yes. knew your mom had a couple. I didn't know she had enough to have one dedicated to straw ornaments. Oh, was there one of the goats on there? The Yule goats? I don't ever remember a goat. <gasps> and I never heard of the pickle until I was an adult. Yeah, the pickle thing, that that's new to me. I did not know the pickle. And the spider. But anyway, we're getting off track. But I think the point with our little offshoot is that you may have some of these symbolisms infiltrated in your life and not realize it because they were Christianized. And where I live right now, you know, I I was telling you the other day, I was like, no shit, we have a silver Bridget's cross here. And you're like, what? And I sent you a picture and you're like, no shit. Well, your sweet love to give away a ton of information. They're Irish, you know, that it's pretty strong there. And so I'm not surprised at all. But I was like, well, that's a pagan symbol. (laughs) That's good news for our witches in the broom closet. This is one of those holidays that you can celebrate out and proud and people will think you're Christian. (laughs) (laughs) Some of the things that you can do to celebrate this holiday are spring cleaning. You know, she's the goddess of the hearth and the home and of crafting. Clean your house, make it beautiful, feather that nest, put up some crafts, make yourself a breed's cross to celebrate the sun and the harvest and the return of the sun. And people will think it's a cross. I got a geek fun fact. This time of year is usually when I get a brand new and actually I just got one recently, a brand new farmer's almanac. And I kind of go through it to see what what the hell is coming to the Northeast. (laughs) And that kind of goes with the whole weather magic thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that farmer's almanac, they've been going for a couple hundred years. They're onto something there. So I kind of do like the whole what does the weather bring part of this whole time of year. I like for scrying on in bulk, fire scrying. This is a time to break out those candles, to put a candle in every room of your house to invite Breed and her protection and her artisanship into your life, her creativity into your life. And take those candles or a fire if you have one, if you're lucky enough to have an outdoor bonfire and do a little bit of fire scrying. Very simply, just like you would do mirror or water scrying, sit very comfortably and relax and use fire safety, and then gaze softly into that flame. You know, when you're kind of tired and you're camping and you're just kind of sitting there staring in the flames, you want to have that kind of soft focus and just gaze and and just let whatever thoughts or visions come in, come in. And definitely have a notebook handy to jot all that down. Yep. And if you want to say some small chant or something to breed to ask for her protection and guidance while you do it, even better. But yeah, I love your journal suggestion. Definitely have a journal on hand so you can write them all down because you'll forget them like a dream very quickly afterwards. I think that probably the most favorite thing that I like to think about with this is that vision of that pregnant belly in the ground and almost like the anticipation, like what are they called? Snow crocuses, that anticipation of them like poking through the ground because you know that first flower can only lead to more. You know what I mean? 
And it's almost like waiting for that burst to come out. Yes. And Breed, as the goddess of fertility and of, you know, midwifery, that doesn't just necessarily mean babies. That can also mean creativity within you waiting to burst out, or it can mean getting ready to start a garden or anything that you want to start to begin. This is a great time to begin. New project, whatever it could be. Yeah. I like to bless my seeds, not necessarily seeds that I'm going to sow outside because here in the Northeast, we have until like the beginning of June before we can plant anything. But if I'm doing an indoor weed garden or something, I love to bless the seeds right now or even bless the seeds that'll be planted later in the spring for my outdoor garden. And then kind of with the whole candle mass aspect, I definitely do the whole candle grouping. I do like a grouping. I don't Mm. know why. Maybe because it makes it feel like an inside bonfire. I hate the cold. I ain't doing no outside shit. I don't like that. A grouping of candles. Yeah, now's a good time to make candles if you have the opportunity. Oh, that is so much fun, by the way. One of our old community members used to cut out paper snowflakes and then write their wishes on that and then burn those in a fire on Imbolc. To symbolize the end of winter, to symbolize that the flame, the fire of the sun consuming the winter time, you know, a symbolic act. Well, I'm all for that sun coming back. Let me, me tell you. Another favorite craft of mine involves one of my favorite food groups, and that is baking bread. Soups, anything with root vegetables, soups, hearty breads, those are all fabulous things to do right now. Again, hearth and home, man. If you're cooking on the stove, that's your modern day hearth right there. Now, we know the the legend of the Holly King and the Oak King and how they do their biannual battle to the death. This has kind of been a period for the last little bit where the goddess has been withdrawn and kind of away, so to say. She is in the latter part of the crone phase. But this is kind of that time of year where you keep in mind that the goddess isn't necessarily gone or or dead, because like you said, the latter part of the crone phase, but rather she's sleeping. And this is kind of that first awakenings of her returning as the maiden in the spring. Yes. Another way to look at it is Demeter, the Persephone and Demeter myth. You know, Demeter is just now starting to be happy. She's just now letting the earth reawaken because she's anticipating that her daughter Persephone will be coming back to her very, very soon. And so she's starting to get excited. The maiden is starting to come. It's that liminal phase as the crone fades out and the maiden fades in. There's just not like that battle story, like the Oak King no. and Holly King. You know, I kind of love, that's a good point. I never really thought about it that way, Shell. I love that you brought that up. Well, it's almost like she's just dormant for a while. Not necessarily like with the Oak King and the Holly King, one replaces the other, who replaces the other, who replaces the other. But they so- literally fight to the death. That's right. literally a, a mentor and and child, you know, battling to the death. And that's the way the stories always go. But they cyclically take each other's place. No one one takes the goddess's place. She She just just, changes. She just withdraws and comes back in her new form as the maiden. See, I never really thought of it as a withdrawal. I just thought of it as a different phase on a circle that's ever, she's ever cycling through this circle. So I never really thought of it as a pulling back, just more as she's at a different place on the wheel. It just feels like from Yule to in bulk is like a weird time, magically mundane. 
Like, how many people in the world call the two weeks after Christmas the missing two weeks, you know, the weeks that never were? All of January kind of feels like that, too. You know, at the beginning of February, things get moving again and you start getting back into the groove. I don't know. It's No, you're okay. exactly right. It's it's that liminal phase. One day magical. Yeah. It's not a battle with the goddess. It's not an abrupt, here's the change like it is with the gods. With the goddess, it's, it's a like slow- It's like she's sleeping. Yeah. It's kind of like, like the earth is sleeping. So she also is sleeping. The earth is quiet and cold. And so she's either sleeping, or if you go with the Demeter myth, she's waiting. She's waiting for her daughter. Which is why Yule to Inkbook is a weird period. I guess so, yeah. It's also a great time to go within. This is still a good time to do your journaling, do that fire scrying, wrap up in a nice, comfortable robe, get all happy and squishy in your ritual space, light an awesome candle, and then just kind of gaze into it, you know, and, and be all comfy, cozy, and and write your scrying for the next year. You know, clean your house so it's all perfect and makes you feel happy and thrilled to be home, just comfortable in your own space and in your make own that skin. Bread. Yeah, bake that bread. Be inside. Because again, in a lot of the United States, I don't want to be outside. Out. Yeah, it's too cold. And so baking bread, making stews, ordering in amazing food. <laughs> if you don't want to cook, buying great bread. You don't have to bake it if you can't or don't want to, but doing those things to comfort yourself, surround yourself with comfortable things that remind you of home and of creativity and starting to sow the seeds literally or figuratively of the things that you want to do this year as you're ready to come out of your shell, as you're ready, like Shell said at the beginning to burst up from the ground as the beautiful flower that you fucking are, you now you need to prepare for that because you're so much close to ready. That potential is right there. On the verge of rebirth. On the verge of greatness. You know, your your Persephone coming up from the ground, getting ready to be reunited with her mother. And of course, Hecate is right there with you, <laughs> keeping you safe. But you're coming up from the ground to be reborn, to start anew, to see the sun again. Wow. This is a thrilling holiday. Because <laughs> I, I, no, see, I, 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 my birthday fucking rocks, man. This is a great holiday. I know I mentioned this to you before we started recording, but I do want to point out to the people, this is probably the one out of the eight holidays that I really knew the least about. Partially because I really, it was, oh, well, that's Layla's birthday. <laughs> but I don't venture out a lot in the cold. And a lot of my winter rituals were more by myself or with my small coven because I'm not outdoorsy in the winter, man. You would think I was born in like Hawaii. <laughs> well, you know, we are from the Northeast of the US, which is notoriously bitter, bitter cold this time of year. Sometimes Yule isn't so bad necessarily, but by the time you hit the end of January, beginning of February, it's frigid cold. Brutal. I don't know if you follow football or weather, but if you've heard of Buffalo, New York, they just got slammed with feet of snow and they're about to get slammed with feet more. And I live right next door to that on the edge of a great lake and it gets icy and bitter cold here. Yeah. And then that shit just makes its way 300 miles to me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're right on the ocean. The life we live. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but where we, where we grew up as pagans, these rituals were not done in that fabulous outdoor space that we all loved and found so amazing. They were done at a local UU church or sometimes in someone's home. And they weren't as fun. There's no dancing around a bonfire. There's no drumming. 
So I would very often go to those, but they were much less attended than the others because people are home. You want to stay where you're safe and cozy and warm. And I didn't attend them as much because I was at home staying cozy, safe and warm. So I really thought this was a good one because I learned a lot more than even I knew last year for our In Bulk Ritual episode or the year before on our previous podcast, The Stone Witches Hour, where we talked about it. And one of the other things I want to try, I have the pieces of it getting ready to go, is I saw the coolest, coolest thing. Now, this is a festival of fire and of water because Breed is a goddess of flame. She's a goddess of hearth and forge. She's also the goddess of streams and rivers and sacred wells. So I love this. You take a bowl, right? And you put in water and you put in like slices of orange and cranberries and sprigs of herbs and different pretty things like that. Ooh, I love where this is going. Right? You freeze it and then you put a little tea light. Maybe you like carve out a little hole in the center of it, put a little tea light in it. And now you have this gorgeous ice globe that's lit up from the inside with a tea light candle. I'll put up pictures because I, like I said, I have one going right now. Oh my God, I'm doing this. I'm so doing this. And it's such a in bulk thing because you can make it round like a pregnant belly, but it's round. It's awesome. It has the fruit in it. It's ice. You put a candle in it. You got the fire. And I got to do this. So I just love that you have both the symbols of fire and water for breed in these really pretty, basically candle globes, ice globes that you can leave outside to celebrate in bulk. I'm very excited to do that this year. Well, you've given me lots of good ideas for crafts. I just need to find some straw to weave. There you go. So we will have another episode next week with more things that you can do for in bulk to celebrate the holiday, including some spells and rituals specific for in bulk. And maybe Layla will feel guilty and tell me what the surprise is by then. I haven't forgotten, by the way. If the gods are kind, you will have it by then and we can talk about it. So we'll see what happens. But I'll also put up some pictures of our crafts. If if Shell makes a breed's cross and I'll show you some pictures of my ice globe candle holder. And in the meantime, I hope you all are preparing for your own version of Rebirth. And all I can think of is that song. Here comes the sun. The sun's coming. Rebirth is happening. My birthday's happening. Yay. Oh, and it's a leap year. How cool is that? Ooh, I forgot about that. Ooh. We'll have to talk about some leap year magic as well. But all right, we will see you next week on Friday for another episode of Back on the Broomstick. In the meantime, if you liked this episode, please give us some stars, rate us, like, tell a friend, subscribe, check out our website, backonthebroomstick.com. And in the meantime, stay wise, stay wicked, and as always, keep it witchy.